0: I'm a go getter. It's the Go Getter Podcast with Jay Black. His goal is to inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Success is the only option. Go getter is all about mindset. My mindset is, since I'm here, why not be the greatest ever? And it's a win-win situation. Let's say I don't become the greatest ever. I'll become one of the greats. But it forces me to grind the greatness every day. And if you want to win that life, you got to grind the greatness every day. You deserve to live your best life. The world can sleep on you. But just make sure you don't sleep on you. So I love and believe in you. And I want to take you to that next level. Put your seatbelt on. I feel them three words coming, I'm excited, yeah! Now the guests I got in the building today, got those three words coming, not once, not twice, but three times. So I'm excited, yeah! I'm excited, yeah! I'm excited, yeah! <laughs> so welcome to the Goal Getter Podcast with Jay Black, ready or not, it's about to go up. Now Goal Getter, what's a Goal Getter? I'm glad you asked, my logo sums up my message. One finger to the brain, one to the sky. All I'm saying is with the right mindset, you go to the top. I put the red check next to the brain because everything starts with the mind and it takes blood, sweat and tears to achieve goals. You're a goal getter. I'm a goal getter. Success is the only option. Everything about my guest today says success is the only option. But before we get into my guest, I got to talk to you about the success is the only option. Teen Career Day It's going to be epic. February 19th. Visit the website that just popped up, jblackinspires.com. It'll tell you all about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, we only got 120 slots available for teens. We already got 70 field. So make sure you register for this life-changing event. It's going to be nine different career demonstrations, catered meal. I got a ton of surprises, and I'm bringing one of my speaker friends in from out of town. So I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss this event. Also, you want to be a sponsor. We got vendor table opportunities. Business ads, make sure you visit the website. Message me. Get involved. It's going to take the community to change the community. Also, we're booking for 2022. The Success is the Only Option School Tour. That's right. I'm coming to you soon. Not just students, I'm doing staff training as well, so make sure you visit the website. I wanna come to your school and just speak life into you and just celebrate the teachers. You're definitely underpaid. But I definitely wanna let you know more about, not just the kids, but really the hearts of kids and things that's going on with the parents. With me having a mentoring program, I have a different outlook as far as the relationships with the parents and the kids and then with school periods. So I'm looking forward to just adding value to your school. So make sure you visit jblackinspires.com while we're talking about my mentor program, Go Get It Academy, yes. I got to shout out my young kings and young queens. They've been doing a great job. With Go Get the Academy, we focus on goal setting, mental health, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, community service, leadership development. But I believe that it's very important that still winning principles to our youth young, the way they can grow up and have a better chance of being that success. And with our model, we have success is the only option. So we're definitely going to prepare them for to have a great future. Now. Before I even get to my guests, the last thing I'm going to talk about is mental exercises. Now, for the new viewers, you're probably like, what's the mental exercises? Well, as you know, we live in a very cold, dark world, and people are quick to tell you what you can't do. But you look at the word can't. You take T off, it says can. You can't achieve whatever you put your mind to. You look at the word impossible. It says I'm possible. So when you first wake up, great way to start your day. I need three positive thoughts. I share a few of mine with you. Be the change that you will see in the world. Be a great husband. Be a great father. So when you first wake up, you can do more than three, but at least three. Now, from there, you should be going to the restroom, brushing your teeth, washing your face. If not, we got a problem. But why in the restroom? Look at that person you see in the mirror and say, I am great. I am a winner. Success is the only option. Now, I got to get to my guest. So we got Stanley Frankart in the building. Stan, say what's up to the people.
1: What's happening, y'all? What's happening, man? I'm blessed to be here, man. Honored to be a part of this greatness, man. I definitely see success as the only option when I look at Jay Black and the Go-Getter Movement, man. So I'm honored to be here.
0: I appreciate that, bro. And I just wanted to jump right into it. So um, at 16, so you found yourself actually facing a life sentence in prison, you know? And I think what's powerful, I want you to know, is that today he's actually a husband, a father, and he's sharing his testimony. He's a pastor, you know? But... That's. From his words We're going to talk about The situation at 16 Life So he was actually Blessed God's grace That he actually been doing 10 years Yeah And getting out Now let's talk about That process And how it even Came about
1: Man So yeah I grew up In a typical Kind of family You know Single parent Household Mama was the breadwinner. She was the one who had to be mama, daddy, all of that. Right. Um, and trying to, you know, really raise a young boy into a man. She wasn't fully equipped on how to do that because right. she was a woman. You know what I'm saying? Um, but she gave everything she got. She gave, you know, her best that she had with what she had. And um, so, you know, growing up, my, that left the, the street corners to raise me for real. Right. Um, you know, I found daddy in a street corner. I met my dad for the first time when I was 12. But by then, the streets already had a hold of my Heart, and so I began, you know, selling dope, running packs for the OGs and the projects, um, gang banging, um, you know, just doing the things that you know I felt I thought where I could have found love at. Right. And you know what I mean. I found that uh, at 16 years old, you know, over some drugs, over some money, um, I found myself in an altercation where you know I went to confront a dude about you know something that he stole from me, and. Uh, Long story short, he began to reach for the back of his waistband, which I know ain't no cell phone back there. Right. And, uh, you know, I grew up in the street, so I wasn't no dummy. And, you know, I carried guns in myself and I shot dude in the face, man. Um, by God's grace and his mercy, though, dude ended up living, um, which ended up giving me the mercy to not have to do a life sentence. So that's the altercation that kind of took place.
0: Okay. So that's why was, you were able not to get the tennis to the life sentence. Yeah. Like, it was the stream at that time, for far yeah. as the loss. Okay, so the man you are today, I believe um, it takes sixty minutes to sixty minutes equal to an hour, not fifty five minutes, not forty five minutes. So do you feel that uh, unfortunate far as the situation happened? Do you feel that situation is the reason why you are who you are today?
1: Absolutely, I I truly believe that you know God knew exactly what it was gonna take in order to capture my heart. So like mind you growing up. I never went to church for real, never seen, you know, my mama pray, never seen a Bible. Mm. It was in the midst of, you know, in and out the juvenile detention home, you know, um, that I encountered even my first Bible. And it was in the midst of the detention home, actually it was juvenile prison um, that I went to my first Bible study for real. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I think God knew that it was going to take a radical life event like that in right. order for me to surrender my life to
0: him for real. And I think something that's powerful, um, I believe that God will find a way to get your attention if you feel you're not listening, or if you feel that you can be a beacon of hope, mm-hmm. you know, for the people. And with everything that's going on in our community right now, um, it's not a matter of the people or the youth not listening, it's the message, how it's delivered, mm-hmm. and when certain people talk, that's gonna it it's different when they are experienced far as the community understand where you're at and what you're going through. Yeah. So I think there's a big need for you and your testimony right now, far as just the the tragedies that's happening in our community. Right. And you, what you have put together, um, it's called Young Christian Professionals. Yes, sir. Now. Did that, where did that vision come from?
1: Man, great question. Um, So it actually was birthed out of my lived experience. So literally while I was in prison, Um, after I had gave my life to Christ, I went through a journey of discipleship. And still to this day, the three guys that disciple me, Bobo, Cleve, and Savalis Crosby, man, two of them are still in prison, but we have weekly accountability calls. Uh, One of them, by God's grace, got home last year. um, And we still to this day are, are, you know, on the phone constantly talking, dreaming, planning, creating visions. Um, And so, man, I love having that accountability partner to do life with, for real. Um, But that vision, it was birthed out of while I was in prison, and after I folded the flag on gangbanging, like, I got saved in the joint. I gave my life to the Lord in the joint. Um, And so, like, in there, I was gangbanging, selling dope. I was still, you know, trying to fornicate with women COs, all of that crazy stuff happening. Um, but when God plucked me out of the miry clay, I like to say, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he delivered me from those desires and then he replaced those desires with his. And so like literally the things that I woke up dreaming and trying to get to, it became now godly things. So like, instead of waking up, trying to get to the bag, I was waking up trying to get to the scriptures. Mm. I was waking up trying to get to the brothers, you know what I'm saying, in prayer and like hitting the compound, praying with people who may never step foot inside of what we called the K building. It was our chapel, Um, you know. I was like, man, look, like I used to. Me and my dudes, we used to joke around, like if you don't come in smelling like sheep poop, man, you ain't being a shepherd for real. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because the shepherd got to be with the sheep, right? And so, you know, out of that birthed what we called young Christian professionals. And I remember sitting down and we were trying to dream about different Bible studies that would be relevant to the culture of prison. And um, they brought this challenge in called the the uh, fight club. It was started by Craig Groeschel. And there were certain like challenges in there specifically geared towards manhood. And there were, there were challenges that like legitimately we couldn't do for real because of mm-hmm. the confines of the institution. Right. And so we were like, well, man, you know, we want to do this. This is dope. We like this. But, man, we're under some strict guidelines. We're not able to really do that. And so I remember one of the mentors, Don Hubacher and Steve Howe, man, they were they were guys who came in and volunteered time in prison. Um, he said, man, well, why don't y'all just create y'all alone? and I was like, dang, that's a good idea for real. Right, 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 right. right. And so, man, from that experience, man, while we were sitting at a round table, it was like seven of us at the table. um, We just began to dream, and like, you know, our heart was to reach gang members because, man, I knew that there was a huge need specifically for the gang of the Heartless felons. and I was like, yo, like, Look, man, like, I love them brothers. I get it. You know what I'm saying? I understand what they going through. They trying to find love in all the wrong places and in all the wrong faces. And now that we've encountered a love that's genuine, that's real and authentic, man, let's bring it to them. Like, let's bring it to them. We don't need to wait for them to come to us. Let's get it to them. Mm. And so, man, literally, man, August of 2015, we started our first 10-year YCP. We had, like, 70 guys come out. Because man. they was like, yo, like, this has got to be fire because I've seen the transformation of Stan. I've seen the transformation that happened with Stan. And so, man, if it happened to him, I know it can definitely happen to me.
0: And how long you been home?
1: I've been home now, by God's grace, five years of March.
0: Wow. So, I got to press the rewind button. You know, he dropped so many jewels, and I want to highlight certain things, and I want to make sure you grab it. So, he talked about accountability. You know, accountability, which is very, very important when it comes to achieving goals, you got to have a account- at least one accountability partner. He mentioned two or three. Yeah, And I think it's powerful is that they say, um, never forget where you come from. That's why I asked him how long he'd been home. he been home five years. He's still having accountability costs for cash that's still locked up now. He's been home five years, so he haven't forgot about him, mm-hmm. which is powerful. And then he talked about being just transparent, you know. In prison, mm-hmm. he was gangbanging, yeah. selling dope. He was still doing that. But he had that that, that experience, experience with God. And I think um, that was very important for you to share because people have a different, um, I just look at prison a certain type of way. I didn't even know to the point that you could still be actually even selling dope doing all that. And there, you know, I know certain things, but wow. So it really takes you making a decision saying you want to change your life because Just because you went to prison don't mean that you're going to be reformed, that you're going to be a better person. You can still do all the things you're doing in the street.
1: Absolutely. And I want to speak into that for a second because I think, you know, so many times, like, we think, like, at least for me, you know, the hood dream was, like, I'm going to make it out the street selling dope. You know what I mean? So, like, when I went to prison, that dream didn't change. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, I'm still trying to make it out the hood. I just got to figure out how to make it happen. And you know, it was I wasn't even searching for Jesus. Like let me be clear, like I wasn't searching for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Um he found me. You know yeah, what I,
0: I, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I wanna know exactly what happened. Yeah. He said he was still gay, man. He said selling dope, all that in there. So I wanna know exact, tell us what really happened. That made that shifted your your mindset man
1: that's a <laughs> so i hope y'all got a little time because it's a long story but i'll try to succinct it man um so i literally one of the guys i was gang banging with said he had a problem with a dude from another gang um you know he painted it as like it was a gang beef and so it was a this gang that i was a part of i actually started it you know what i mean when i was 12 um and and it was just me using my leadership gifts in the wrong context. Right. Um, But I remember, man, telling dude, like, look, bro, if you got a problem with dude, like, you need to go handle that, man, because I'm tired of you getting in our circle. You know, we kicking it, you know, doing what we do. And all you want to do is talk about this dude you got an issue with. Like, if you got a problem with dude, go handle it, man. And so finally, you know, dude go up there. He's like, all right, we're going to go up there and get it in. And uh, so we went to what they called a multi-purpose room, which is like a room that's just a big space where you can utilize it for like handball. Uh, you can utilize it for working out, whatever. And so we go up there and like we told the other guy, like, look, man, y'all, yo, we about to come up here. We about to, you know, get it in. You and my dude, they about to fight like, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to squash this beef, whatever it is. Um, so we get up there and it's six of us, 10 of them. And I remember, uh, you know, we get up there and, and my guy didn't really want to get it cracking. And so, you know, I was I was always known as somebody who was, you know, on a hundred all the time. And so, man, dude didn't want to fight. I was like, man, we about to get this baby cranking. We came up here to fight. So I swung on, dude, I had a lock in a sock. And so in prison, that's called like a 40. And so it's basically a weapon where you tie a tube sock uh, to a like locker box locker. Um, And so, you know, I swung it on dude and then I got jumped by 10 guys. My guys ran out of the building on me and I'm literally getting stomped, kicked, punched, stabbed, all of that by by 10 dudes. And I'm laying on the ground in that moment, realizing that like no amount of money, my street reputation, all the girls that I thought was riding with me in the joint, all of that stuff, like none of that mattered. No amount of people that I beat up, none of that mattered. And like in that moment, the the real truth was that like I was powerless over my own life. Mm -hmm. And so God used that to just even like they call it the effectual calling. And it's where like the Holy Spirit presses himself on our stony hearts and like opens up our heart to even acknowledge him as God. And so, man, that's what happened to me. And literally, as I'm laying on the ground and I'm trying to get up, everything in me want to get up, but I can't get up. I'm like, God, Jesus, whoever you are, if you real, like, get me off of this ground. And it was in that moment, literally five minutes later, I was walking out of there. And now my life was radically changed forever from there.
0: Wow, that's deep. That's deep. And I think um, it's a big lesson to... uh even the youth you know when you get into real situations you find out who really for you mm-hmm. so there's a situation where he was really just being there for somebody and when it got real he said they came up there with six six with six with him it was ten of them but when things got real they all ran yeah these supposed to be his guys yeah you know so that's that's deep you know really at the end of the day you got like the person you die, never run when it get real it's God yeah you know God will never run God will always have your back for real wow so let's fast forward so now you come home and um you're saying you're a husband today yeah. so I feel that um, with the right woman by your side, you can't lose. Amen. That's one hundred. That's one hundred. So I want to know. I want to talk about this transition. So you finding that person, your life partner. How did this go about?
1: Man, so that that was a journey in and of itself. So while I was in prison, one of the guys that after I got saved, uh, kind of came along in my life. Uh, Ethan Breedlove is his name, and his wife worked with now my wife, mm-hmm. um, and they were working together. And this is two years before I came home, and uh, I remember Ethan saying like, "Yo, Stan, like." I know this girl And I think y'all would make a great couple So like Now mind you I'm trying to live for the Lord Like I'm like you know I can't smash on the female COs no more. So I'm trying to be celibate. And I'm like, man, I want to settle down and find a wife. I want to honor and glorify the Lord and just do the right thing for real. Because, you know, there's a whole topic in and of itself about what occurs when we have sex outside of wedlock. And, And I'll use an analogy real quick just to paint a picture, but it's like a fire, right? So like a fire in a fireplace is beautiful you know what i mean it's useful it's 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 beautiful it, it provides heat it creates a cozy environment but then you know fire on the carpet isn't that way it's disastrous right. and that's the same way with sex you know, in the context of marriage and out of marriage. So, um, you know, at this time in my life, I'm trying to really, truly, like, honor God. I'm like, I don't want to go home fornicating. I don't want to, you know, try to go home and build a relationship. Like, I want to start building now so that when I get home, we're ready for that union, that covenant of marriage. And um, so he tried to introduce me, and <laughs> my wife, she's like, no, I ain't rocking with no dude in the joint, like, flat out. And so I had to respect that, like, right. you know what I mean? Because that comes with a heavy burden in and of itself, and shout out to all the shorties out there that are riding with a man because that's not an easy task one of my mentors did 17 years married in a joint um you know what I mean and so like his wife week in week out would come and visit him and like I would see the heaviness on her but now he's home and praise God you can see the joy flowing through him but um so I fast forward I come home that same mutual friends home now too and um him and his wife hosted a uh, what they call a white elephant Christmas party where you bring a gift that's kind of funny, that's silly. Um, and, and, you know, they invited us both. Uh, my wife knew I was going to come. I didn't know she was going to come. Mm. And so at this time, she isn't my wife. And so they set us up. And literally the moment she walked in the room, and this is going to sound cheesy and corny, but this is how it really happened. The moment she walked in the room, there was such a bright aura around her. That, like, literally it seemed like everything else in the world, like, in that space didn't exist. All I could see was her.
0: Wow, that's
1: deep. And, man, I remember praying for a wife and praying for three specific things. I prayed that, you know, my wife would love Jesus more than me. I prayed that um, my wife would be more educated <laughs> than I was because I was ghetto enough for the both of us. That's how I put it to the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then I also say, you know, like, I want my wife to know her purpose and be walking in it. And so literally when she came in And we began our conversation The first three questions that she asked Were those exact questions Wow And so like it was just confirmation It was like that stamp of approval from the Lord To be like yeah she's the one and so, like, from that moment, and I also prayed that my wife would be shorter than me, uh, which I knew <laughs> if the Lord did that, it was a miracle, bro. And that so, was the final step. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know what I mean? Like, literally from that moment forward, we were glued to one another. And, like, you know, she asked me to be super vulnerable, super transparent. Like, she asked me about my history, and the Lord was like, if you really want this to lead into a marriage, you got to begin to lead that process now. Right. And you got to begin to be authentic. You got to be real. You got to be transparent. You got to share even the the hidden parts of your heart with this woman in order for her to trust you as the man of
0: God you are. Right. And I think that's powerful. And I want to lead and talk about this subject because I feel that um, definitely with our generation, we're changing the narrative as far as black men in our community. And you see looking at two husbands. Yeah. Two husbands (laughs) and two fathers. Yeah, you know, um, not shacking up. You know, we're definitely doing what what's needed. And the most powerful Mm -hmm. thing in our community is the black man.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, Mm when we decide to get involved and we decide to put our foot down, we can affect the change. Not no outside source us. Yeah, we're the leaders. Amen. So I think that's um, that's beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. I love the story, and that's that's. like I said, when you got that right woman by the side, you can't lose. You can't
1: lose, man. So
0: that's 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 powerful. <laughs> and then we go going to take it to the next step. So I want to talk about your experience as far as fatherhood.
1: Man, you know, fatherhood. I know what me, man.
0: i like, when you see, <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you my first time far as even seeing a baby and born. Like, I wasn't even supposed to be there. So my guy, um, at the time, my best friend, he was, um, his, his girl was pregnant. She was going to labor. So I'm like, oh, good luck, bro. He's like, grab a leg. I'm like, what? Grab a leg? <laughs> <laughs> like, so I'm like, man, to see the actual baby come out, my, my respect for women just went to a whole different level, you know. So that was initial. I'm like, wow, that's deep. Mm. And then when I actually seen my my uh, my firstborn was a daughter, to see her being born, I was like, wow, you know. So it actually was a two different type of emotions. It was love and anger at the same time. Mm. Cause now I'm like, dang, how could my dad just abandon me? Like, because the feelings I was feeling, like, wow, I couldn't imagine not being around my kids' yeah, life. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. For like, now i having four now. I'm like, well, I just couldn't imagine not being there. No matter if it didn't work out with the mother of my child. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, it was like, um, so I was so excited and so much love at the same time. Anger. And I think even with some of us that don't grow up with a father, something you said earlier is that. Yeah, your woman, your mom did all she could, but she's not a man. Right. You know what I'm saying? even this was my mom. She did all she could, put me in the right situations, but she's not a man. So I think um my last one was a boy. I wanna stop until I got that boy. Yeah. Go get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the son, you know, my son is like it's therapeutic for me because sometimes when I'm talking to him, it's like I'm talking to a young me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But something I crave just to have that 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 man, that male bond, you know, uh, I think is very vital. So I don't know the nature. What? How, how many kids you got? Now, so
1: I got one daughter. She's nine months. She's going to be actually 10 months this month, December 14th. Okay.
0: okay, so you got the daughter. So let's talk about it. you, you new to it. We'll, we'll,
1: <laughs> new to it. Hey, I Ooh. feel like you got a lot of wisdom that I could glean from you, Oh, but- <laughs> definitely, definitely, bro. I'm
0: telling you, because I got 18... 11, 9, and five.
1: Man, let you me take a minute to give you a shout out, man, for <laughs> stepping into that role of like being a father of four, man. Like, yeah, shout out, salute to, to you, man. Since we're a- being
0: very transparent, you know, the the oldest, you know, I've been in her life since she was two, so it's my stepdaughter, but I look at her as my daughter. Amen. You know, but yeah, when you when you decide to be the woman, you you not just you embrace everything that comes with it. So yeah, that's real. I, I'm, I feel it was a an a honor. You know, from that standpoint, even with her being around since she was two years old yeah. and now she's 18. It's like, wow, just Pray to see how she's grown and my effect, you know, on her life and just to have. Um, I think it's a blessing that we're chosen to be a parent. That's a blessing. Yeah, amen. You know i To be, awesome. be a parent. But I think the biggest thing is um, always paying attention, always listening. And as men, something you said earlier as far as if God is the foundation, if your woman really knows God, she understands that the man is the head of the household. Amen. You know, but we got to make sure that we earn the um, respect of our wife and the trust that's to lead our household. That's real. And I think with me being consistent in my actions and my walk with guys that my wife really trusts me, even yeah. this church. right? This is my this is my we're at. So normally when the pandemic happened, you know, i normally recorded my podcast at the downtown library. But the, the energy you put out comes back to you. So yeah. my my um bishop, you know, we got two parts. So we got bishop. Uh, Sam, uh, Samuel Hampton II. Then we got Tracy Higglebottom. She she runs a non-profit side of the church. So when the pandemic happened, they said, you know what? I got a room for you can run your podcast there, mm. you know, which is a blessing. But this is my wife's church, you know? Wow. I met my wife at work, you know, and um, I grew up in the church, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> I mean, my my, my grandma, grandma was serious, man. She's an evangelist, R.P., my, my grandmother. But um, I had a bad taste in my mouth for church at the time. You know, my when she died, just the... Uh, the chatter in the church, people talking down. Mm. So I was angry. I was cool on God in church, period. Yeah. So it's crazy that my my girlfriend at the time, she asked me to come to church and in the experience I had, man, I ran up out. I'm like, dang, I started crying. I'm like, oh man, I ain't about to be no sucker. <laughs> <laughs> ran, all right, I'm telling you, I ran out of here, bro, the message was a problem. I ran out. Mm. But we end up getting, I proposed to her in this church, you know, we wow. got, keep around. I used to sing a little bit, so I sung what? a song. I wrote a song. I sung in front of the whole congregation. That's all. Oh, I proposed man, her. that's fire. to her. We got married in this church, and um, we've been together 17 years. Praise you know? God. Uh, married, married, um, no, 16, married uh, seven. Wow. No, seven. That's dope, but, Yeah, dope. but it's crazy to where we're at right now. You know, so you talking about God, I think it was dope. You said hoping that she loves God even more than you, but mm. that God is the foundation, and then if you can... Um, You look like you're already walking in your purpose and you're um, you're you. uh, You had that on you. I feel it. Mm. So long as you're on the same page and the communication is there, it's going to be it's going to work great with your child.
1: Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. I think
0: that's important. I think that's important. It is, man.
1: Let me speak into that for a minute, because I think it's important that like. We identify why you can't lose when that right one comes alongside. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, we got to go all the way back to the beginning with the first man and woman. So, mm. like, Adam and Eve, like, let's be let's be aware. Adam was in a deep sleep when God brought Eve to him. Mm. He was in a deep sleep. So, like, he wasn't searching for her. Mm. You know what I'm saying? God brought her to him. And, man, it was a woman made out of his ribs. So, like, he was incomplete. Until he got his rib back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So as men, like I get it. Trust me. I've I have had my fair share of women previous to my wife. And I thank the Lord that my wife was gracious enough and loved Jesus enough to forgive me for my past because, man, she had every right to be like, yo, I'm cool on you and all that baggage you bring in, bro. (laughs) But she still stepped into that because she was confident in what God had done in me. And so, like, when I found my wife, man, like, man, there was like, so, so mind you, like, when I first found my wife, I was working in construction, I was in construction. I wasn't even, I wasn't even, um, (laughs) pastoring, but I was called to be a pastor from the joint. I remember preaching the empty pews in prison. When nobody was in there, I was like, if this is what the Lord called me to, like, I'm going to preach in these pews. And I don't care if it's one person or if it's a million people. Like, if this is what God called me to do, I need to step into it. And so, like, I came home and I was like, "Okay, God, like, you got to make a way. Because I I ain't never been to church outside of prison. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I didn't know no pastors. I didn't know, you know, anything like that. And so, um, literally, it was my wife's favor. The Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. It was me finding that wife and obtaining her favor that stepped me into my pastoral position. So like my wife's favor is what opened the door. For me to become a pastor at the church, I'm pastoring that. Mm. And so, like, man, like, a three-chord strand is not easily broken. And the, and the two chords is a husband and a wife. Right. And the third chord is the Holy Spirit that is at the center of that marriage. It is the Lord himself. It is God himself being the anchor in that marriage that makes that chord not easily broken.
0: Oh, you said a mouthful. And I want y'all to really press the rewind button when y'all see this and really uh, take some notes you know, as you said, some things I think that's very, very important for you to understand and receive. And I want to the last question I got for you is I want to know what your goals are for you for young Christian professionals.
1: Man, great question. So, yeah, literally when I came home, <laughs> I was funding young Christian professionals out of my own pocket. Been doing it almost for five years. I worked three jobs trying to fund the ministry of young Christian professionals. And so by God's grace, we just got awarded a grant this year. Um, I had to learn a little bit of grant writing, had to catalog some work, um, and we submitted a grant to what's known as the Witness Foundation. Shout out to Dr. Jamar Tisby in uh, the Witness Foundation for being a blessing and allowing the dream of young Christian professionals to go to the next level. Um, but man, stepping into 2022, so a few things that we're stepping into as soon as 2022 starts uh, is that we are literally starting a restorative justice virtual cohort where we're going to bring people who have preconceived biases or no experience at all with justice involvement alongside of people who have transitioned home in order for them to encounter the power and redemption and transformation that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so like, we're going to walk with them for six weeks. And then at the end of that, we're going to go into the prison to a young Christian professionals event that we host in the prisons. And then man, allow them the opportunity to experience like that setting of, 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 you know, disciples, people that have been transformed and redeemed. So that starts January 9th. 2020 and 2022. Uh, and we made it accessible for everybody. We're doing it over Zoom um, so that that way people can feel comfortable, you know, with all of the COVID stuff kind of emerging, but also so that people don't have to worry about the, you know, confinements of where they're at. But also, man, we're doing a homecoming reunion uh, stepping into April. So everybody who's graduated from Young Christian Professionals and came home We're doing a reunion where we're going to get together, do a networking dinner. Um, We got some amazing speakers that are going to be there. Um, And then, you know, being able to really crowdsource is what they call it, where you glean ideas from people who are involved and people who have been impacted by the ministry on what they want to see from young Christian professionals in the next five to 10 years, and how it can be a blessing to them. So we're going to do some of that. We're going to have some leadership development breakout sessions. And then we have our annual Jonah conference that's going to be birthing back uh, after COVID and all of the pandemic rules and being on quarantine and all of that stuff. Um, We're going to start that back up. We're really um people who are you know transitioned home they get to share how in the belly of the whale god prepared them for their purpose mm. um so that's the that's the whole vision behind the Jonah conference and man we've been blessed with that grant now we're impacting people man giving them technology as soon as they step home um so that two things one they have access to the vehicles in order to secure employment but also two align with them the opportunity to continue those one-on-one discipleship relationships. That's really the bread and butter of young Christian professionals.
0: Man, he, he said a mouthful, and I'm telling you right now, he's serious. like I said earlier the energy you put out comes back to you so he said man for five years you know he did he he was so locked in on his vision he was willing to work three jobs (laughs) like how serious are you about your vision about your goal that's how passionate he was about young Christian professionals so I love it I love it that he said eventually they just got their first grant so 2022 hitting the ground running that's powerful bro so I definitely um, I'm glad that I was able to meet you at the barbershop yeah you know what I'm saying (laughs) the barbershop you know it's kind of crazy you know shout out to my guy Sean man and the experience. Amen. It's kind of funny, because we had an experience. And I even know, so I am gonna tell the good story. I try to tap him out to the workout side. I mean, I'm telling you, Luke Cast in prison is a whole different type of shape. So I'm like, I'm, doing, I'm like normally I'll tap people up by now. He's like, he's like, what's up, what's next? So I'm like, okay. And he's like, the child was like, you know, no, it's my guy, he been, I was like, oh. As soon as he told me that, I was like, oh yeah, I stopped. I was like, should we be here? Because hey, I'm crazy, I'm not gonna stop. And i see now I know he ain't gonna stop. That's right. So that's what's up, that's what's up, but You got to be willing. You got to be locked in. A sense like that if you got a goal. Yeah. Not going to stop. Yeah. Because success is the only option. That's right. So give the people your social media information because they got to definitely stay connected to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can check us out on Facebook, YCP Godly Leadership. um, IG you can check us out, YCP underscore leadership. Or if you want to reach out and figure out how to really truly lean into what we got to offer uh, you can check us out at youngchristianprofessionals.org There's a whole plethora a whole array, a whole genre of things that can be available to you and your families if you're navigating, whether you're navigating being in prison um, and your families just need some support to rally around them, or if you're coming home and you're really trying to find that network, that community that can walk with you as you kind of, you know, are overcoming some of the hurdles and some of the, you know, adversity that we face in that transition of coming home.
0: That's what's up. That's what's up. So I hope y'all enjoyed the Go Get a Podcast with Jay Black. One thing I want y'all to understand, if y'all grab grab anything else from this interview, if you got a vision, you got to be obedient to it and be willing to do whatever it takes. Don't give up. Because if you don't give up, you'll see God will bless you. Amen. But he got to test to see if you're really serious. Yeah. Because the blessings, they out there waiting for you. But the thing is, you gotta you gotta deserve it. Yeah. You know, so you gotta be tested. But every test leads to a testimony. And my God, he has a powerful testimony, which I just heard. He's a living example that with God, everything is possible. That's right. So I love and believe in you, and always remember, always remember, always remember. Only person that can stop you is you. Mm. Yes. It's the go get a podcast with Jay Black. Stay excited and stay connected www.jblackinspires.com